darling, you've got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine. Well, welcome to the Riveting Exchanges podcast. I am Andrea Olson here with my co-host Desiree Grace. And this is the second part of our two-part series about how to identify when you need to leave a company if that culture is toxic. And then the second part, which we're diving in today, is how to make that transition out, how to leave. So how are you doing today, Desiree? I'm doing well. How are you, Andrea? I'm doing great. I'm getting ready for Thanksgiving here. We're recording the day before. So, uh, you know, we all got a lot uh, to get prepped, but we're going to dive into this subject here today anyway. So, you know, the the first part of this series, we talked a lot about how to identify the right time uh, to I, to really examine whether you are in an environment that is not healthy for you, for your work-life balance, for your career trajectory, and really those keys to understanding if it is a time to assess whether you need to leave an organization. But when you've made that decision, there is an art to effectively transitioning out and identifying new opportunities in the marketplace. And sometimes that's one of the biggest challenges we have is identifying uh, a new role. And we talked a little bit last time about using your network, finding that opportunity, speaking with people, going to organizations. But once you've made that decision, you've made that leap there's a lot of things that you need to examine to make sure you've got all your ducks in a row before you go. You know, and Desiree, I, I know you've been through this process yourself. Uh, do you want to speak a little, to, a little bit to uh, your experience and what you've done in the past? Absolutely. And thanks for the synopsis. In case any of our listeners missed uh, part one of should I stay or should I go, um, I think you summarized nicely some of the topics we covered. Um, you know, there is a how to leave. Um, and I have left employers after eight years, 14 years, and four years. And I, I like to think I've learned a few things along the way about <laughs> sure. how, to leave, how to leave graciously. Um, you know, I would say first and foremost, there, there are two really important rules you need to remember on the how to leave. The first one is broad and general, do not burn your bridges. A scorched earth mm -hmm. policy will not do you or your reputation any favors whatsoever. I have seen people boomerang. And if you want that opportunity to return, maybe you feel you need to expand your skill set before you can move up in the organization. And the only way to do that is to move out. Um, mm -hmm. So don't burn your bridges. Do not you know, have a scorched earth policy. The second rule of thumb is to protect yourself. And that's probably a little more detailed and maybe we should talk about that first. But you need to scope out what you've signed. If you have a non-compete, if you've signed an intellectual property agreement, mm -hmm. any other contracts that you have in place you need to make sure you do the honorable, ethical, and professional thing and abide by those agreements. So, you know, we have a remote workforce in this day and age. I have worked remotely for 18 years. So I have had in my possession at various points in time uh, documents related to costing, um, 
sources for supply, uh, proprietary confidential marketing programs, rebates, what have you. I, I don't share those. I, I do not keep them. Mm-hmm. They are gone because I take my professional reputation and my ethics very seriously. So, sure. I, and I don't think anybody, I mean, if you're going to be really mercenary about it, nobody wants to be party to a lawsuit doing the right thing. Don't get yourself in trouble. If you've got any of those agreements, you need to make sure that you're complying with them. And if you have any doubts whatsoever, run it by an attorney. Right, right. You know, and it's critical because a lot of people don't realize how much they collect over time in an organization. And sometimes those there's there's no malintent, excuse me, oftentimes. You know, you send something uh, to yourself and you take it home and you're working on it. And then as the years or months go by, you know, you, you forget that you have that information. And it's really very proprietary to the company. Uh, and even if it's something where you, you discover it and it's a casual aside, uh, you know, you want to be very, very honest about ensuring that information is safe, that's either destroyed or it's something that you're not trying to use and leverage at another organization, especially with those contracts in place. Um, you know, and on a more personal level, um, you have your professional reputation that you need to protect. You know, some other things you need to look at, too, uh, on the topic of protecting yourself, because you have to be your own best friend and your own best advocate. Before you turn in your two weeks notice in writing, A, you need to make sure that you've calculated um, any vacation days, sick days, bonuses, anything potentially due you, anything potentially due to the employer, you know, if you've got an outstanding expense report, you also mm-hmm. need to make sure that your new job, you've got your written job offer, and that you have passed your drug test, your physical, your background check, etc. So those are oh. some sort of basic things that, that you need to take care of. Right, right. And actually, there's a lot of people that tend to jump the gun on those things. So a friend of mine uh, just recently uh, transitioned from one company to a different company, a new role. It was a great opportunity. And he received an offer letter, and, you know, he accepted the offer letter, and then he was planning to give his current employer notice. And then uh, when we spoke, I stopped and said, but, you know, is there are there background checks? Are there drug checks? Are there, you know, whatever things that, could possibly, in theory, uh, have an issue, you know, and, and it depends on the circumstances. And so before he gave notice to his current employer, he made sure all those processes were complete, there were no issues, everything passed, and then he took that step. So it was just a safety net, but it's a smart move, and there's really no reason why you have to give notice until you're fully ready. Absolutely. You know, there's no need to jump the gun. You're still in the honeymoon period. They want you. They've made you a job offer. Just make sure it's sound and solid and everything's in place before you write that very professional, polite two-week notice. And you do want to do it in writing or email, and you want to keep a copy for yourself. Um, You know, there are employers that, in the interest of saving a little money, will say, hey, today's your last day. Well, if you've given them two weeks' notice in writing, in many, not all states, but in many states, they do need to pay you for that. 
So even if they don't take mm-hmm. you up on your offer to stay, they may be compelled by law to pay you for those two weeks. Um, right. You know, and again, that's the point of a, a polite professional two-week notice. It's customary. You know, you're certainly, you know, I, I was in a position where I was asked to stay on two months because we had an ISO audit coming. And mm. I was like, whoa, uh, that's a lot. But, right. you know, hey, let me talk to my new employer and see what their thoughts are. I, I really need to defer to them on this. And they came back and they said, look, that's crazy. You know, if you need to give them three or four weeks instead of two, you know, we'll, we'll work with you and them. But two months, no, we, we need you on board. We, we want you on board. Right. So, um, you know, we ended up splitting the difference. I did what I could to make sure everything was pristine for the audit. And, you know, th- this is what you should do in general. I made sure everything was as complete as it possibly could be. Um, if, if you think about leaving your desk in good working order um, and leaving notes and files, whoever's going to get that job after you, you want them to be pleased and impressed with what you left behind. It's the old golden rule. Oh, treat people how you you know, if we treat people how we want to be treated, you know, you and I both stepped into roles. Um, in my current role, it was vacant for two years. So there really wasn't a lot to work with. Mm. Um, but I, I, I did find some files, and I, I reached out to the gentleman that had my role through LinkedIn. And, um, you know, he was a decent human being, very professional, very pleasant. Um, there was no mess there. But you know, if circumstances had been different, I'm, I'm quite confident that he would have left neat and tidy files. Um, and judging by what I've seen on his zip drive, he was an organized guy. And so there, there's been some nuggets there I could use. Um, not as clean maybe as if it had been a two-week or two-month uh, gap as opposed to two years. But right. you get the point. Well, and the one thing that you have to keep in mind as well is that so many people are interconnected in ways you don't even think about. So that gentleman who had left that organization for whatever reason and went somewhere else, he could be in a position where he's a supplier to you at your new role. He could be a vendor. He could be a competitor. He could be anything. Um, you know, long-term, he could even be potentially an opportunity for a higher back into the organization. And so you really just want to make sure that you are being the most courteous and professional person both in and out of an organization. And, and a big part of that, to your point, is, is keeping things organized. You know, it, it's, it's paying it forward in that regard. And for me, you know, I've had some transitions where, I left one organization, went to another organization, and then that gave me an opportunity later later down the road to bring some of those key employees that I had worked with over to the new organization. Now, that can be a sensitive thing, but, you know, there are opportunities. If you see that we're working with a great team and you have an, another opportunity for that employee to, let's say, advance their career um, or um, maybe even change roles in the new organization, you know, that's something that you need to keep those relationships, you need to keep those contacts, and that's one of the big things I think we all forget is we know about the documents, we know about, um, 
you know, getting all the paperwork in and getting the process started. But once you leave an organization, you go, oh, you know, Susie or Jane, or I don't have their email address. I don't have their contact information. And they can be a good source uh, for a variety of things in your new role. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's another really good point, Andrea. You know, it's really easy to um, send all of your Outlook contacts to Gmail or whatever your preferred provider is so that you've got them. Um, you know, you may, if you're in the middle of a project and you weren't able to finish it, there is a professional courtesy of saying, hey, um, you know, I'm working on this project and I want to introduce you to my um, colleague who's going to be overseeing this project since I'm not going to be with the organization or I've left the organization, but I know we were working on this project and I want to make sure you know who your contact is going forward. Or if you've got customers mm -hmm. or suppliers or whoever that you work very closely with, it is good professional courtesy uh, to send them an email and say, hey, um, I've left the organization, I'm going to this organization, but if there are any questions, I'm, I'm certainly happy to help or be a resource. Um, you know, there is a, a way to do that in a professional manner so that you don't leave people in a lurch. Because you're right, mm -hmm. people are so interconnected, um, you know, anything could happen. And, um, you know, a couple more basic blocking and tackling items too is, Again, both as professional courtesy and personal protection, you know, make sure if you've got a company car or a company laptop or a company phone, oh, yeah. clean, good working order. And oh, by the way, if you've got any personal data on there, you know, delete your browsing history. If you do some online banking while you're on the road, make sure that app's gone. Whatever mm -hmm. may be pertinent to your particular life, um, protect yourself. And again, you know, treat the, the man or woman that's going to be in your role after you um, the way you would want to be treated. So it, right. it is critical um, that, that the kind of basic cleanup housekeeping, if you will, is, is done. Um, in, you know, and along with that, there's other little things that a lot of people tend to forget. Uh, you know, as you said, delete your browser history, delete your cookies. You know, that's something else that sometimes can be a little bit of an issue. In addition, you know, think back a little bit through your emails. And, you know, if there are, if, there, if there's correspondence that's for some reason personal, business email, make sure those things are deleted. Do a little bit of a cleanup audit. Because oftentimes, in nine times out of ten, that your email is going to start getting forwarded to that new person. And so, you know, this goes back to staying professional, building relationships. You know, people are going to receive correspondence from whether it's um, other business professionals, whether it's uh, competitors, suppliers, et cetera, uh, or even customers. You want to make sure that, you know, you've set the tone and that there's nothing personal coming through there that you would want someone else to see. And that's, you know, the other half of the equation is, you know, trying to keep that, you know, separation of church and state. You know, everybody does use business email at times for personal reasons, but really it's critically important long-term, and especially if you potentially are going to foresee yourself moving from company to company due to a variety of reasons, 
you have that personal email stack where you can hold all those contacts, all that networking, all that information, and not have to worry about that being transferred from a business account. I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, and, you know, once you've left, you know, back, back to as a follow-up and, and back to your point, um, Andrea, about the interconnectedness and what, you know, maybe a boomerang situation or a hiring opportunity or a network, um, any, any of those things that apply, um, you know, the other piece of this that's, that's pretty critical is even after you leave, um, you know, maybe you do send that email to your professional contacts about how to get a hold of you or who's going to be right. taking over mid-project. You know, don't badmouth your, your pre previous place of employment. You know, they, mm -hmm. they, whether they employed you for one year or ten, you know, they paid you. You did a job for them, and there was obviously some value in that, or you wouldn't have taken the job to begin with. Um, right. Now, that said, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that you want to be helpful, and you don't want to burn bridges, and you don't want to be a jerk. Now, on the flip side, you don't want to be taken advantage of. Um, right. I had an interesting. I had. A, I, you've heard about this. Um, I had an interesting situation on when I left my last employer, um, the gent that took the role after me, you know, he pinged me or would corner me at industry conferences asking for advice or insight or opinions or this, that, or the other thing. Um, so a couple things about that. Um, the first one is he wanted me to give him my take on the various personalities. And I didn't think that was fair to him or the other folks. I felt that he needed to form his own opinion. And that if I gave him mine, I might, you know, predispose him a certain way that, that really wasn't going to mm. do him or, or the other folks in the organization any favors. So I right. flat out refused to do that. Um, but the, the other piece of it is, you know, the first two or three times he's like, hey, can you give me some background on – this customer, or can you give me some background on that negotiation? You yeah, fine. Right. The fourth time, when I'd been out of the job about six months, I said, okay, look, here's the deal. I'll walk you through this. I'll share the history with you, but going forward, if you're going to call me again, you need to treat me as a consultant. Mm -hmm. Because at some point, you've moved from um, using me as a mentor or coach short term to using me as a consultant and you're starting to take advantage. Now, I want right. you to be successful. I want my prior employer to be successful, but I work for somebody else now. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the right boundary for me, and I certainly was not trying to be nasty, but also, hey, you guys are starting to take advantage of my good nature here. Right, right. You know, that may be a unique situation, but it's probably good for our listeners to be prepared that, hey, if you're nice, helpful, you, you happen to be the shell answer man, don't allow yourself to be taken advantage of. Right, right. And on the other end of the spectrum, I think 
a lot of people who leave a role and they were very committed and they built a wonderful network, sometimes you actually don't hear from people. You maybe don't hear from your employees or your peers or, you know, executive friends that you had in the organization. And I think sometimes we take this a little bit personally. You know, I've had cases where uh, I'm still remain in correspondence and, and go out and have lunch with a lot of my former employees that I used to work. They worked for me at other organizations, and that's fantastic. But on the other end of the spectrum, there are some people who are very focused on, you know, how to survive in that culture that you left. And as we talked about previously, there is a reason why you left. It might have been a toxic culture. It might have been not a right fit. It might have been a wrong work-life balance. And that doesn't mean it's not that way for the others in the organization. So I think, you know, especially as women and sometimes even in the manufacturing space, we take it a little personally, unintentionally, if we're not getting that correspondence. And, you know, sometimes it's, I only knew your work email, and now you're gone. And I don't have your personal email, and I don't know how to go to hold of you, and you had a work phone, and I don't know your cell number. So when you do leave, I think it's very important to strategically reach out to those people that you would like to stay in correspondence with, get their personal email, get their personal cell phone, because you might not want to have a correspondence with them on their company email and put them in an awkward situation either. I agree, you know. And um, I think that that's a case where you need to be a little sensitive, mm-hmm. at least initially. It's um, a case where maybe you want to over-communicate rather than under-communicate. And right. um, also... The, the other piece of, of your point is well made that a lot of this stuff isn't personal and don't take it personally. Just like if you're right. in a negotiation with a supplier and they're being pretty hard-nosed, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. It's business. No. And, you know, people, are, people get busy. If it's tax season and you're from an accounting firm, we all know what happens in the spring if you're in public accounting. Everybody's got their busy season and their projects and, um, we we do need to understand not to take things personally. And so, you know, right. maybe that is harder um, for women, at least some women. And, and I think that brings up a, a good point. Um, you know, you know, and that's, it's and that's just, a good point, too, just as, as to piggyback on that. It, even if you are not going to leave an organization, but there are people or, or someone that you hear about that's leaving that you want to stay in contact with, Approach them. Get their personal information. You know, you might know that they're going to company X, but that doesn't mean you have their email address or their, their personal phone number. So, you know, it goes the other way, too, where if, if you know someone else is leaving, make sure to step up and reach out. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, if you respected someone, you worked well with them, you liked them, and they're moving on to a bigger and better opportunity or maybe just a different opportunity, Wish them well, and if you want to stay in touch, you know, step up and say so. Right. You know, a lot of times people aren't sure, is this a a work friend, a a good colleague, or is this something a a little bit more robust that has more depth to it? And, Mm -hmm. you know, if if you want to stay in touch with that person and you you value the relationship, 
it's a compliment to say that. Hey, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed working with you or, you know, I was really impressed with, um, you know, how we interacted when you were in accounting and I was in sales. The level of collaboration was great. I don't want to lose touch with you. That's a nice thing to say. I mean, nobody's going to be offended by getting that kind of message from a soon-to-be former coworker. And, mm-hmm. you know, you might be surprised at the depth of that relationship. It might even get better when you're, you're no longer working side by side at the same company. We are all human beings at, at the end of it all, not just um, worker bees or corporate ladder climbers. We're still human beings. And if you've developed respect, trust, you enjoy working with somebody, there's no reason you can't continue that relationship. Um, right. You know, and to tie this back around to some of our previous podcasts, the big, big value of all of this is you're continuing to build your network, and you never know when you need to tap that network. So even if you've moved to a new organization, you think this is going to be a great fit, again, there could be a life change that causes you to have to yet again change to another organization, city, location, And the more contacts you have, the more people that you have maintained professional relationships with through your journey is just going to be to your bigger advantage in the long run. Absolutely. I mean, if nothing else, you might just have the personal satisfaction of helping someone else find a good fit. Um, Right. And a lot of times people are more comfortable reaching out to you as a mentor um, or asking for some situational advice if you no longer work at the same organization. Right. So you might find there's some different opportunities that open up to you by doing that. Um, so I think that, you know, the, the overarching theme this year has been managing change. And we're mm-hmm. going to continue to discuss changes and managing change in the manufacturing environment um, as we continue our podcast into next year, and we're going to continue to have some women of talent in the manufacturing sector that we are going to interview. Our next uh, podcast in December, we're really, really excited about this one. We're going to interview Michelle Murphy, who is the Chief Mm -hmm. Diversity Officer at Ingersoll Rand, and I don't know about you, Andrea, but I am really excited to talk to her and share her insights with our listeners. Yeah, I think she's going to be just a fantastic and invigorating uh, guest. And, you know, I think our audience is really going to love what she has to say and a lot about her background and her journey. Uh, It's going to be a really great one. So um, on that note, I I know you join me in wishing our listeners a happy Thanksgiving, and we look forward to the next Riveting Exchanges podcast, this time with Michelle Murphy from Ingersoll Rand. We thank all our listeners, and we wish all of you well. Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.